Good afternoon, Scofflaws. Uh, Jordan here. Just wanted to give you a quick update. As you can see, we've returned with new episodes of the Gentleman Scofflaw podcast. We have some great guests on deck coming up soon. Also, uh, the first week of March, we have Navy SEAL author and podcaster Jocko Willink on. So that'll be a ton of fun. You won't want to miss that. Also, if you're a patron on Patreon, we've been posting tons of extras, outtakes, and even our bonus cinema cast. Uh, so if you're not on there yet, get on there because throughout the year, we're going to continue to post tons of extra content and you won't want to miss it. In the meantime, please enjoy this, what we're calling the lost episode uh, that we recorded last year in which Johnny Boy interviews the Don and myself about our experience going through the Go Ruck Tough Challenge. Hopefully it'll give you a little bit of insight to the challenge and maybe inspire you to join us on one of the upcoming events this year. So enjoy the lost episode 29, the after action review. You are a gentleman in a scofflaw, my friend. You are listening to the Gentleman Scofflaw Podcast. Listener beware. Rise and shine, the liquor store is open. I ain't got time for moping. I best be on my way, well I still got time to save my reputation. Time to go day drinking in this dirty little town. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Gentleman's Golf Law Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Crowder. With me in person, as usual, is the Don, Donovan Fowler. And all the way up in the great white north is Johnny Boy. Hey. By the way. Howdy. Howdy. This podcast, the podcast for the Rebel and the Renaissance, man. Um, how you guys doing? You guys good? You doing good? All good. Doing all right. Good. All right. Awesome. It's funny, that teaser trailer that we released like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. The dawn, the dawn, the the and the dawn are like oddly close together. So it almost looks like my name is like Thaden or something, <laughs> like a like a Greek, like That'd a, a weird hard. Greek god. Thaden, <laughs> no, but uh, god, but yeah, um, yeah. And uh, this is the first episode after we did the Go Ruck Challenge. So in a little mm. bit, we're gonna have an after action report of yep. everything that went down. Yep. Um, in case you're interested in getting involved in the Go Ruck Challenge, um, what else do we got going on, John? You just got a new Jeep, didn't you? I did. It's a brand new. 2001 Jeep Cherokee. Oh, nice. But brand new. But brand new. Was it did you buy it from like an old guy that just only drove it to church every Sunday or something or that kind of thing? No, I got it from a guy who actually uh restores old Jeeps. Oh, so sweet. Yeah, uh, I don't think this one needed too much work. It was in fairly good condition to start. Um but he did a great job, you know, sprucing it up. It actually feels like a new car from 2001. Oh, wow. Well, that's a good find. Let's talk a little more about that. But first, let's do some housekeeping. I almost forgot. Donovan, what are you drinking there? Uh, I've got a cappuccino stout from uh, Lagunitas. Lagunitas. It's a um, limited release that I picked up. I assume it's going to be good. I've been actually putting it off because every time I come home after work, uh, I'm like, well, wait, this is like caffeinated. So I don't want to. Yeah. Like, you want to save it for something worthwhile. Sure. I want to, you know, get that buzz going. What do you got there, Johnny boy? Uh, my 12 ouncer comes from Lakewood Brewing Company. It's called the Temptress. It's an mm-hmm. imperial milk stout. It's a little strong at 9.1%. 
I think I've had that before. It looks good. Um, it's a day of stouts. And I am drinking also a stout. It's a Guinness stout. Um Leftover hmm. from last weekend. Never heard of that one before. St. Patrick's Day. Oh, happy birthday, by the way. Happy anniversary, uh, Gentleman's Scofflaw hey, Podcast. We cheers. just hit the one-year mark on St. Patrick's Day. Um, so how about that Jeep, John? Any you you going to do any custom mods to it? You're going to add anything to it, kind of make it your own? Because Jeeps I'm are kind of known for that, right? They are. And you've got these two schools of thought. You've got one group who loves to add all the mods possible with the winch and the, you know, the big rack of lights up on the roof and the roll cage and all this stuff. And then the other group, they like to keep them as stock as possible. Yeah. Uh, the only modifications I would make is I would put some new speakers, not yeah. a new stereo, but just new speakers and new headlights because mine are fairly dim and I don't want to die. I feel yeah. like, I feel like unless, uh, unless I see, like a healthy amount of mud splattered on those ones with the winches and the roll cages and the gas cans taped to the outside. I'm like, you guys are losers. <laughs> like, you know, if I see those <laughs> well, in the that's city, the thing. If especially you're if they use have it. a personalized license plate that says like, that- I'd rather be off roading. I'm like, <laughs> shut <laughs> the hell up. characters for a license plate. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Right, <laughs> <a border>. <laughs> <laughs> If you've got your Jeep souped up and you actually do off-roading, I can see the value. But if you're if you live in the suburbs and you're doing it just so that you look cool with, yeah. you know, yeah, four, four inches in lift kit or whatever it is that they do. Well, my I don't know. if you go well, off-roading on the weekends, don't live in the suburbs. Yeah, my family lives in Texas, and literally everyone drives a Jeep or a truck there or like an SUV. Mm. But they're completely like if you see a truck in Texas, it's completely empty. There's nothing in it. Just people just want it for the style. Like here, if you yeah. see a truck in LA, it's usually a service vehicle. There's a bunch of tools and crap in it. Like they're actually there's a purpose. Like you wouldn't want to drive that. that that big of a rig when gas is so expensive in LA. Yeah. And the thing is with the trucks, um, I used to work in construction and my boss had a pickup truck. It was the most useless vehicle he could have, uh, acquired and he traded it in for his wife's minivan and it was so much more functional. Yeah. Yeah. Minivans are pretty functional. They're, they're more, they're, they're kind of on a car chassis, aren't they? They're not really like a truck or I, I could be wrong about that. I don't even know what a chassis is. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, there th- shouldn't be any pride in that, but I think there was. You're like, you said it very pridefully. Like, I don't know what a chassis is. Okay. Um, it's the frame. It's the bottom frame of the car, I think, right? So it's, That makes sense. You know, Moving on. I could be wrong. Um, Donovan, you brought this up this week. Yeah. Um, Tell us a little bit about this uh, Hitler dog. <laughs> um, so, okay, a while ago, I I picked up on this story um, where there is this uh, there's this guy over in Britain. His name is uh, Count Dankula, which is an awesome name. Um, Count Dankula. No, but I mean, he's like he's like a. I don't even know if he's a troll. He's like a YouTube comedian or something. Uh, but he uh, he did this this video where he taught his girlfriend's dog how to sig heil like like the the, the nazi Wait, what kind of dog was it it was a pug <laughs> and uh i think he i think he like um that's aptly, actually a pretty funny prank aptly named the video uh mate i think your dog's a nazi although he also said some stuff like he he like he pushed it he pushed the limits like he he like would like you know like say to the dog like you you want to gas the Jews? You want to gas the Jews? And then the dog would like get all excited. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, 
So this this was obviously, I would say most people would say poor taste. Poor taste. Uh, he's being a bit mm-hmm. of an immature dick. But that being said, uh, he got arrested for it. Really? And he basically Ooh. just recently got um, convicted in court and is being sent to prison, which huh. is weird. It's so, I, I, you know, obviously, like, there's a dichotomy. Like, nobody, like, that. those kind of jokes are, like I said, like, you know, bad taste, but at the same time, it's so Orwellian yeah. that like, and, and people need to, people need to, you know, like take a, take a breather yeah. and like actually like recognize what a real Nazi is. It's clearly is. a prank. Like, cause, yeah. cause it's like, yeah, yeah. you wouldn't, you, nobody would want a cute little dog to well, be a hateful Nazi. And that's why it's funny. You do it when someone's away. Like if, <laughs> if like, if, if he's like doing it to intentionally attack somebody. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a video, it's a video, they're words, you know, yeah. it's like, like seriously, like this, this whole idea of a uh, uh, thought, like thought crime and, and hate speech is, is really uh, kind of scary, but yeah. that's why uh, it's great to live in the old US of yeah. A. And in Canada, you, they'd have the same sort of issue there. Yeah. I, it does remind me of a story. I knew a guy um, who was watching um, his friend's parrot while they were from out, out when they were out of town. And for the people that don't know the history of Quebec and Canada, uh, Quebecers or Quebecois, they're, they're, uh, a lot of them are separatists. They don't want to be part of Canada. They don't mm-hmm. have any sort of national identity. They don't identify with Canada. They identify with Quebec. So, um, they're very unpatriotic unless it has to do with the province of Quebec. So when, uh, the, basically his, his friends were, were separatists, what they call, uh, people that want to separate Quebecers that want to separate from Canada, uh, were out of town and he was watching his parrot and he taught the parrot to sing, uh, the Canadian national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> and then basically when he came back and this is like, I forget what part of town it was, but it's oh, a very oh, isn't French, that like, Oh, Canada. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a very like French, like Sucks. separatist part of town. And like yeah. there's parrot is there on, you know, on the balcony singing. Oh, Canada. <laughs> That's what it makes me think of. Like basically yeah, yeah. you're doing something that yeah, you well, like as a prank to somebody that, you know, they wouldn't still, I mean, like to me, like the, the whole, the, I mean, basically, like, I guess what people really need to start, like, coming to terms with is that, like, just because there's a a line drawn doesn't mean you have to like it. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to like what he did, but ultimately, mm-hmm. and I personally, it's like, I don't like what he did. I think it's, I think he's being a, a kind of an immature asshole. Yeah, but, for sure. Um, and a lot of those guys are, like. it's a gag for a video like is what troll- I'm saying. Yeah, well, that's the thing is, like, all these trolls online you realize that like there's very little power to what they're actually doing they're just being like miserable like kind of uh uh guys stuck in this arrested development but at the end of the day like seriously you're gonna throw somebody in prison for making a youtube video like it's it's just it's there's no quantifiable damage to the whole thing and i think that's uh i think it's sad and that's why another reason to hate the british (laughs) <laughs> those those dang Brits. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's go to a little segment we like to call Listener Mail. Right. 
You know what? Before we get into listener mail, I uh, forgot to mention what I'm smoking here. Um, I'm smoking my country gentleman corncob pipe with a custom uh, Danish stem. And in it, I've got some vanilla custard from uh, Tobacco Junction. John, what are you smoking there? I've got myself a nice flavored CAO, which the the guy at the cigar shop, he's this old British fellow with a big nose and he, he frowns upon such things, but <laughs> my he, money, my choice. Gotta did, start somewhere. Did, did he, for, when you, when you bought it from him, did he give you a look or did he tell you they're no good or what, what was the situation? Well, we entered into a conversation and he made it clear that it's not actually a cigar to him. No. Is it, is it like, uh, is what you're chewing on? Is that like a bunch of, um, tobacco wrapped in paper? No, it's actually tobacco wrapped in tobacco. Got it. There's no paper involved. Um, I've had CAO. I've had their, uh, they have a, they actually make them as a cigar too, but I've had their cherry bomb uh, pipe tobacco. And it's mm-hmm. one of the few cherry tobaccos that I've actually liked. Like it's, it's actually pretty good, but I wonder if their cherry cigars are any good too. Cause I think they only do flavored cigars. We should get some for uh, for Donovan. We know he's quite the fan of the aromatic cherry. <laughs> there you go. Love it. There's a callback. There, Was that the first there's episode? an old callback. Gosh, Love twenty nine episodes choice. later, and it's still making in, <laughs> making the rounds. All right, <laughs> let's look at the listener mail. Uh, John, what do they have to say on Instagram? All right, this one's from Oiled Oil Field Pipe Guy. I'm glad you guys are back after 14 minutes into the new podcast listening to John eat popcorn. <laughs> I had to tap out, though. So. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, <laughs> yes. To be perfectly fair, so did I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We're sorry about that. Uh, we won't. Uh, we've banished. We've, we've banished, banished John. For, we, well, we banished John for a good like that. Why, that's why we didn't do a podcast for the next. <laughs> Hang on. Let, 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 me, let me go get a snack. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No more, no more snacks. Are you false alarm? flipping kidding me? <laughs> uh, I, I found it pretty hilarious, though, but I can see how people, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's. Uh, that's why you don't mix beer with recording and snacks. <laughs> yeah, well, it's got to be like that's pudding or something. What will <laughs> just mute you Jello in cubes. the future. Uh, uh, Donovan, what does that Facebook comment <laughs> say? From Daniel Lloyd Halgren. Uh, for those of us with misphonia, this was a horrible episode. Please don't chew like that on the mic. Wanted to have a listen about your rocks, but super turned off now. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Wait, what is misphonia? Misphonia. I looked it up on. Uh, well, let's. You know what? Let's pull it up on. Uh, yeah, let's look this on up. Uh, dictionary.com. Misphonia. Something new every day. Let's see here. Uh, waiting for it to load on my crappy internet. It's because we're 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 uh, streaming John on here on Skype and looking it up on uh, Charter Spectrum. All right. Um, do you? Do nails on a chalkboard make you cringe? Imagine if sound could make you panic or fly into a rage. Wow. Wow. Nice one. A strong nice one, dislike Johnny. or hatred of specific sounds. Mm. Well, it's nice to know that it had a strong effect on someone. <laughs> what is all, you know, yeah, like, it kind of reminds one. me of that. There's this scene in, uh, in Lone Survivor where like they're all on the radio together. And at one point, like one of the seals just starts eating like a, a candy bar and it's like they're stopped yeah. and they're like laying in wait. And uh, one of them like gets on the comms and is like, could you please not chew on the mic? It's making me nauseous. 
So oh, man. I think yeah. we've learned our lesson, though. We've learned our lesson. And for you, the Joe listener. Rogan, Joe Rogan specifically, I think, has told people like not to like like people offer people food on his podcast. And he's like, don't chew that on the mic. <laughs> I um for all also uh, for those of you who want to get read on the show, you can leave us a comment on social media or leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher, which helps gives us fodder to talk about on the show, but also gives us a helps with our search uh, rankings and uh, you know boosts us on uh, on iTunes. Speaking of iTunes, let's read that last uh, iTunes review. Okay, so we got it's from Snake two two eight. And uh, guys, this is our first one star review. Boy. <laughs> and the heading is Don't Chew Popcorn. <laughs> and he says, Listen for the Go Ruck one, and literally was having a headache <laughs> thanks to y'all eating popcorn. <laughs> oh, wait, Snake 228. That's my mom. <laughs> really? No. That'd be hilarious. Jeez. Oh man. I think that's all we I, I think those all are right. the only listeners we have left is our yeah. mothers after that. <laughs> Gotta um, rebuild our uh, base. You know what we might I might do is I might go back to that episode and and just re-edit it so that John's popcorn isn't, <laughs> isn't it, chewing just out. Sure. Silence my uh what, yeah, what do you call it? Mic, my yeah. uh my what what's the thing? The line of track. <laughs> My track, yeah, my, just um, completely obliterate me from Johnny here, so. didn't. To to be fair, Johnny didn't understand the inner workings of the microphone. <laughs> to be fair, he just. I thought he just it was some unidirectional. He just and I was wanted some popcorn. It. <laughs> exactly. It's it's. No, that's you know, not true. I knew. Who doesn't like some popcorn? It's all right. We won't be chewing anything more on this podcast. Kind of reminds me. I I went to Birdman with my buddy, and he brought a bag of potato chips, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't realize what a uh, bad idea that would be until like you know. How is that worse than popcorn though? At a movie theater. Well, because potato chips are like brittle. Popcorn is like, I mean, you have you have the. There's a little bit of a crunch on popcorn, but if you're sitting next to somebody eating popcorn, it's typically not a huge noise. But like if you like like there's there's a significance. If you're hiding from the Nazis, you don't want to eat potato chips. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> oh man. There's, well, a, lot, there's that, a lot of Nazi references this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's very topical. Nazis are everywhere. Yeah. Well, we're saying Nazis are bad. Yeah, I'm sure. Know. We're saying they're bad. That's right. Yeah. They are bad. They're yeah. always bad. Folks, if you encounter a Nazi out there. Eat some popcorn around him. Misphonia will go crazy. And kick him in the balls. All right, let's sure. take a quick break and we'll be back with our after action report of the Go Rock Tough Challenge. Men or women, this one's for you. Let me take a second to talk to you about Go Ruck. Now, you've heard us on this show talk about their awesome endurance events, which are you know great for fitness and team building. But of course, they are known for their amazing gear. Some of the best gear in the world, actually. I myself own a GR1 rucksack for all my rucking and training. I also have one of their uh, 30-pound ruck plates, which is so convenient because I could just drop it in the laptop compartment on my bag, and I have a weighted ruck. It's super cool. But one of my all time favorite things that they offer are their sandbags. Now, if you've never trained with a sandbag, you're in for a treat. I love that you can keep it in the trunk of your car and take it to the park and you have a gym anywhere. Ever try doing sandbag man makers with 60 pounds? I mean, you get a fun and very hard training session in really quickly. Um, It's a big bag of suck in all the right ways. Now, 
even if you're not in the rucking, they have tons of sleek apparel for the outdoors in addition to their gear uh, that is tough as nails and built to military standards. Also, their apparel and gear offer their scars a lifetime warranty. So you buy the item once and that's it. You're set for life. But you know what the greatest thing is about GORUCK? All of it is made in the good old USA and by special forces veterans, mind you. It doesn't get more badass than that. That's right, America. To check out GORUCK gear, go to gentlemanscofflaw.com slash GORUCK and anything you buy through that link helps support the show. That's gentlemanscofflaw.com slash GORUCK. Whether it's for your fitness regimen, your, you know, your outdoor lifestyle, or just, you know, a great bag for everyday carry, um, you're going to want to check them out. GORUCK, built in the USA. Okay, we're back and we're going to talk about the Go Ruck Challenge. Jordan, Donovan, the welcome party. How did that go? <laughs> do we just drive right in? Is that what you do? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. well, like, well, uh, what, what do you think? Well, let's say for our listeners that don't know what Go Ruck is, say this is the first time they've ever listened to this podcast. Yeah. This is kind of a unique episode. Normally, we have another guest, um, but we just completed a Go Ruck Tough Challenge. We decided which, to take a vacation yeah, and interview ourselves. And interview ourselves to talk about it because it's quite an ordeal. Sure. Um, and there's a lot to go through. Um, but we don't want to go into too much detail. No. Because there is a certain amount of mystery that needs to yeah. be upheld with the Go Ruck that yeah. involves, you know. But you if know. you want to know what a Go Ruck challenge is, I'll link in the show notes. You could listen to our past interview with founder of Go Ruck, Jason McCarthy. Great guy. Or um, guy. the, the uh, Ryan, um, the writer over at Ruck.beer. He, we talked a lot about Go Ruck and, uh, and what it's all about. Yeah. Um, so you can go back to those, listen to those, and then come back, listen to this one. Uh, yes, yeah. Sir. So. Overall, how do you think it went? I I actually thought um, I was very pleased with the whole experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was going to be a little harder yeah. than it ended up being, honestly. And I've done lights in the past, one of which I succeeded and one of which I failed. And um, I don't know. I, right now, I'm actually eager to do another tough sometime in the near future just to get the sense of whether... <laughs> It may have been because eh, we'll get into it, but it was raining all night. You know, there were there were already some extra conditions that were extraordinary that were happening. Yeah. And I think maybe that's why we didn't do as much PT. But the welcome party was like a good example of like, you know, we we uh, kind of were thrown into the fire, so to speak. Now, do you um, know what the welcome party is, John? What that means? Uh-huh. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, for as if John doesn't know, maybe some of our listeners don't know. Uh, so the Goruck Challenge noob. for all you normies <laughs> out there, no. it's uh, it's basically the welcome party is the opening to the event where the cadre, which is like basically kind of like the drill sergeant of the event or sure. the instructor of the event, yeah. makes you do a bunch of uh, military style PT. Um, to try and make you exhausted and get a sense of what the rest of the night is going to be. It's right? to really, yeah, I think it's to really like weed people out because like, uh, when I did the light back in 2016, I was, uh, I was, a. Uh, I was a butterball bitch. And uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I remember at Come one here, point we were doing lunges. And, uh, you know, leading up to that, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to crush it. You know, whatever. Just don't quit. You know, mental toughness, all that stuff. Hadn't done any, you know, uh, prep or anything like that. It was so cocky. And I was doing lunges and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. 
And I, <laughs> I, I, you know, looking back, I'm like, oh, that's what it's for. Like, yeah. that's what it's for. It's to like, it's really to just up the intensity to the point of like, you will get rid of the people who are mentally weak from this, from this uh, thing. And it's not like it's malicious, but like that, like that's what you sign up for. So yeah. like, and, and that's, and that's, uh, that's a big lesson that I learned this time around. So. Yeah. I, I say that I prepared myself mentally and I trained a lot for it. I don't think I was as prepared physically, even though I trained a lot. I think there's more that I would have done. Um, even and, I, who was doing like, I did like a bear crawl around a soccer field with the yeah. 50 pounds on my back. Even like after that, like I was still struggling with some of the bear crawls and stuff like that. Like, and it's yeah. the fear. That's yeah. the thing. That's well, like, he that's, makes it makes you work as a group. And then people right. start moving quickly because they're afraid. Yes. And then people are trailing behind and you don't want to do that because if you're more than an arm's like behind, he'll smoke you for not listening to and staying together as a group and helping each yeah, other. Well, well it's, it's yeah. So basically like the whole idea I think is, is that like you get into a mode where you start to struggle. Like, like yeah. I remember, um, I was doing push-ups and I was like, oh shit, like I'm starting to like really feel it right now. And, yeah, I, I and, then, and then immediately I went to, well, what if he makes us do more push-ups? And then I had to stop <laughs> myself and I had to say, okay, don't care about that. Like that's yeah. like the, like stop future tripping and focus on this one push-up. And uh, once I kind of got in the moment, yeah. it became at least bearable. And like, that's when I started to be like, okay, I can like, I can, I can do this. Um, and I'm actually not going to be, you know, a pussy about it. I'm actually going to try to do it well. Yeah. Like I'm actually going to try to do every set pretty well. I'm not going to half ass it and just try to get by, even though it's dark and he can't see and all this stuff, <laughs> you know, like yeah, there, there's, there's a certain amount of time where you can become like what they call a gray man. And yeah. like, you just start to like, just blend in with the crowd and and you're just like okay i'll just pass by just well, being here. I, I almost crapped a brick when basically he took attendance did of all of our check you know check in all that stuff and he's like all right points to me your team leader everybody yeah, do push-ups and so like i was doing <laughs> push-ups trying to lead people into it and i miscounted and one of the guy he goes how many was that and i go 10 and then this guy next to us the guy who did 83 of them yeah, which yeah, he's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. he's he's a pretty badass but he yeah. goes he goes it was 11 cadre he's <laughs> no. like all right do it again yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. and then and then after we had done all the push-ups and then we did like half the burpees he goes all right come out and here and lead them so yeah. i was smoked so my form and everything was leading the group yeah, just yeah, as yeah. this floppy little bitch right. trying to do the burpees and stuff. But, you know, no, you did a good job, though. <laughs> I mean, like the whole point is that you don't quit. And like, I think you I think, uh, you know, if, you, if you're going to do a go ruck, then you may as well train so that you can at least recognize your mistakes as you're doing it and, yeah. and get better as it goes on. And like, you know, after that, we um, like a big part of, of go ruck in general is is you get wet and uh yeah and that actually so oh yeah it's it actually was a lot more fun than uh i was anticipating and i had done like a, a run where i jumped in the ocean and i had done like a 14 mile rock and yeah. like it wasn't as bad as i thought it was gonna be but like uh you know we linked arms if, if you watch like the opening to american sniper or uh lone survivor you see like 
in SEAL training, they do a thing where you link arms and yeah. you walk out into the surf yeah. and you lay down in the surf and you let it basically kind of drown you for a bit. Yeah. And then you, and then you flip over and you do push ups, and then you get up and then you do another push up and like all this stuff. Yeah. And uh, it's tough because you're trying to do this while staying with the group. Yeah. So for me, I was right on the end. It's cold. You know, it was relatively brisk. It wasn't as cold as I I thought. I feel like I was mostly more mentally prepared for that than anything else because I knew it was going to suck. And when my feet went in, I was like, this isn't that cold. I'm going to be fine. Like, I think I tricked my brain into being okay with it. Yeah. But I was on the end because uh, I was team leader. Everyone's linked arms. And I had a girl next to me who was trying to hold me in yeah. but couldn't because, you know, I'm, I'm twice her weight. And I was floating off Dude, into, yeah. the, well, into the dark ocean. On, 30 pounds on your back. Yeah. I almost I almost uh, took the girl out next to me yeah. uh, because I fell backwards. Yeah. And I had to make sure afterwards I was like, did I knock you in the head? And she was like, <laughs> so she was like, let nope. me, let me ask you a question. If it's 30 pounds of stuff on your back and you're soaking wet, do you have any idea how much heavier that is with the water? <laughs> and you have sand in all your pockets. I don't pockets. know. I mean, yeah. Cause then you get sand and it's well, more than 30 well, pounds because you're carrying way. three let, liters of let's water put it this too. Way. On the second set of push ups in the surf, I was barely able to do it. And I, I didn't, that was one thing I didn't anticipate was I was like, but the, how much you take for granted when you're weighed down with water yeah. and you're soaking wet. And like, I, I guess I didn't take off my windbreaker because we didn't have enough time. Yeah. And I, my, my pockets filled with sand. Mine did so, too. I mean, it's it, essentially, I would say once you're soaking wet, you're probably running at about like you're carrying 60 pounds or so. I'd think so. Mm-hmm. And like, cause like my pack, I weighed it with one of those little travel, uh, yeah. you know, things uh, with all my water in it and all my gear and the weight, it was yeah. like 51 pounds or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, so you add all the water and your clothes to it. You're easily carrying over 60 pounds yeah. of weight on your back. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely, uh, you, you get to know yourself, uh, a little bit better, but, um, but that was actually a lot of fun. I remember like being like, okay, this is great. Like it's, it's kind of like waking me up because yeah. it's like, you know, it's almost nine 30 in the evening. I hadn't yeah. slept very well the night before. Um, so like it was getting me in the mood. Uh, trying to think what what was the other thing about that that i was gonna say i feel like though like once you've done that once you've done the water thing you're like okay i'm in it for the rest of the night you know what it is though Um, cadre reno said he said and this makes a lot of sense he said that um most people in his experience quit after the water really yeah and that was interesting because i've actually seen that in all the um surviving the cut specials that i was watching you'll see guys who go into seal training like buds and like air force pararescue and like army uh like uh, special forces diver training and you'd think like a lot of these guys being that um they're going into like Navy or, you know, or diver training, like that they'd be comfortable around water. But the whole point is that you're pushing limits. Yeah. So even if you're a swimmer, you may encounter something in that training. That's like, like not being able to breathe while being like impacted underwater or having your like rebreather ripped from your mouth. You you'll encounter stuff that completely fucks with your head. And ultimately, um, 
like it, it causes you to really rethink things and doubt yourself. And I think that's the point of, of water is like, it, it it's, a, it's not a natural environment for yeah. humans to be in. I mean, no, like, not at all. we're not like, we're not, we're not necessarily the most amphibious creatures on the, on the planet. So like, um, I can see why people would quit. Luckily I've grown up in an environment where like I was in scouts, I did life saving and swimming and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm fairly comfortable around water, but still, I mean like thinking about like getting into dark water and, and it's, 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 well, it's, it's the scary. ocean too. And, and it's pitch yeah, black at yeah. night and it's raining and there's a storm. Like it wasn't like, yeah. and apparently somebody posted on our Facebook, uh, cause like every, every, uh, event has a Facebook <sighs> event page that everybody kind of organizes with before and after yeah. people post their pictures and stuff. Um, and but then, somebody uh, was saying that, I guess it was grunion mating season. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 I remember in, <laughs> in community college, uh, my professor told me about all about grunion and how, there's like a there is a mating season and it's basically when all the grunion uh hop up on the beach and start having sex and uh you know there's just like thousands of them and like people will go out with buckets and just collect them and then like fry them up like on the beach and eat them and stuff and uh i guess we were supposed to have grunion this time around but i didn't see any i didn't see any either but i was when i saw that picture of grunions on the beach i was like oh crap we're gonna be doing push-ups in that crap Dude, I got excited. I was like, this is going to be like a unique experience. But then when they weren't there, I was like, oh, whatever. Sushi. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so that like that kind of wraps up the welcome party, right? Like, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, basically just, I mean, if I were to give any advice to anybody in GoRuck, it's that, you know, um, don't freak out, you know, future tripping. Like, don't future trip. Yeah. Like, don't think too far ahead. Like, just realize that there's a certain point where, you know, you're just going to have to embrace the suck. And then, yeah. uh, you know, you'll either die or you're going to you're gonna move on to the next challenge. So, so, so what yeah. would you do different for the next uh, based on the training you did for this one? What would you do different in the training for the next one? So I'll I'll start with that. I think that. I was training a lot with lifting heavy stuff and I feel like I got stronger in a short amount of time and I was able to deal with the heaviness of things. Um, but I wish I would have done a little more, um, P like I've been doing PT, but I wish I would have done a little more kind of like treated it more like endurance style PT like Donovan Mm -hmm. was doing to be ready, more ready for the welcome party. Um, but I think, I, I did, like I told, we were talking in one of the episodes, I did kettlebell training for strength, and then I did, like, basic PT for to kind of prepare for the event. And I think I would just do more of it. I think I'd probably do, you know, I don't know, double the amount I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some of the weird stuff, too, the weird, um, like, the carrying weird objects and stuff to make me a little more... Carrying stupid stuff. Yeah, carrying stupid stuff. Yeah, that definitely helped me um, in the process. I, I would say I would not change my train dot training gave me a great training routine that i basically stuck with throughout the entire thing um i had to give up on the last week though because i hurt myself and i thought oh, i gotta heal up before the actual event yeah. so i just kind of sacrificed that last week but if i were to do it again i would um i would increase my pacing like i would i would 
push myself more in terms of pace and not necessarily with rucking. I rucking was fine. Like I got my miles in yeah. and I became really good at rucking, but like, yeah, I feel and, the same way. I was definitely prepared for that side of things. That wasn't as hard for me as I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, once you start getting those miles in like that, that becomes a little bit better. But, um, but as far as like the high intensity, like switching from one exercise to another, like yeah. I, I'm planning on doing another one on the 7th of April and it's going to be a light, which could either mean that it's going to be a little bit easier or it's going to be like so much harder because they condense it into a period of time. But like ultimately, uh, I've been training for that. And last night, like I, I, I did some exercises and I just cut down on my rest between the, the time and really focused on actually making each rep count as much. So anyways, yeah, I, I would just push myself like yeah. and, and try to make everything count and not care about getting, you know hurt even though you know you you want to pay attention to that but don't yeah don't fear you know things that haven't happened yet Mm -hmm. i'm trying to think of um what do you think during the event were kind of the unique things that made our event kind of unique in terms of well i'd say the rain was one like we we basically got to a point where uh there was it started raining and it didn't stop. And I would say Which that was weird maybe for an San hour, Diego because San Diego was supposed to be the nicest weather in the country and it rained yeah, the whole well, time. Southern California was getting a lot. We're in the rain. We're in the shifted rainy season of Southern California. So like typically most of our rain comes in January, February, March, but it yeah. seems like we're getting a lot of it in March right now. Yeah. So, um, you know, that was something I anticipated, but like, Anyways, the uh, it started raining at a certain point and it didn't stop. We were pretty much soaked like all the way through, and uh, that was unique. And then um, I would say there was one uh, thing that happened that was interesting. We uh, we were rocking to a pier for a demonstration because our our cadre was a corpsman. And, which is like a Navy medic and he's attached to the uh, Marine Raiders, which are like a very badass group of guys. And, uh, Oh, I think we lost Johnny. There he is. Oh, there he is. <laughs> I'm, I'm boring him to tears. Um, anyway, so, uh, at one point, um, we were, we were rucking through this, this area and, and, and there were these dogs. Oh and yeah. Did I you, forgot about the do dogs. You, do you remember this? So yeah, they were chasing after, well, they were kind of well, trying to scare us and then they went after the last person. Right? Yeah. So like basically <laughs> what happened was, is that like, um, we, we encountered some dogs in people's yards and that was fine. You know, whatever, like the, like that was part of it. But, um, and you just try to stay as quiet as possible. So you're not disturbing people like in their yeah. houses and stuff. Cause I mean, if they see like a bunch of like militant like people <laughs> marching in a single file line with flags it's probably like oh they're coming to take over the neighborhood <laughs> police but, state um, well there goes the neighborhood <laughs> uh but uh but basically um this was like this was probably the most unique aspect of it was that um at one point we encountered these dogs that didn't have leashes on yeah and they and this wasn't part of the Gorok tra- like this wasn't yeah. part of the Gorok challenge and they were barking at us from like uh like a hill and 
we all just kept walking because it's like, yeah. well, like, what are you going to do? Like, bark back? Like, no, you're just going <laughs> to like get the hell out of there. And uh, when the last person passed by, one of the dogs just let out after him. Yeah. I don't know whether these were wild dogs or if they belonged to somebody. I think they were dogs. We were in La Jolla, and up those right. hills are really expensive houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but they're outside of people's yards. It's kind yeah. of bizarre. And this dog lets off after the last person. And I just see Cadre Reno like a freaking badass this guy's like a short little Philippine I think he's Filipino maybe I'm wrong uh guy and he just like charges the dog and just yells at the top of his lungs at it and like you know like charges the dog and the dog just stops in its tracks and just turns around and leaves <laughs> and I, I I look back at that and I was just like wow like that's like that's some badass yeah that's well, some he, badass he even stuff knew right the there. drill because he talked about like uh being uh, you know and I forget where he was but overseas dealing with wild dogs and not being able yeah, to yeah, shoot yeah, yeah. them because yeah. then they would give up their you, location you basically have to like try to get rid of them yeah. without without making a lot of noise yeah and he basically he said he's like they always go after the last one on the, on the group but it was yeah. like and he knew it he was like waiting anticipating for it which is kind of funny yeah so that was like uh no cadre reno was a great i mean he was a great cadre yeah and, and he uh and he, he was pretty fearless in that instance so that Tough was, that one was needed one to be most... but also you know caring and part of the group too well, which is well, kind of cool as a, as a navy corpsman i think that lent to like a lot of uh like the experience, like, like I said, like I've been in instances where you, you kind of meet these tough bastards who are your cadre and they're awesome. Yeah. But they're also very, very aggressive. Yeah. And cadre Reno was, uh, he definitely kind of held up that like, sort of like, um, uh, the firm nurturing kind of aspect of, I think yeah. being like a, a caretaker in, in some respects and like, yeah. you know, he was, he was tough, but he was also like, you know, he, he understood pain yeah. and stuff like that. It is kind of cool too. We had a, there was a neat moment where, um, well, he, t- he t- taught us a lot of medic stuff and basically around tourniquets and how to, yeah. how to stop bleeding if somebody gets shot or hurt and that kind of stuff wounded. That's one of the great things with the go Ruck challenge that I forgot is that like, they will teach you lessons like yeah. life lessons and leadership lessons that it's not all about, you know, challenging yourself like mentally and painfully. It's all about, it's also, there's a huge component to it that where you're learning stuff that you can take from military life into the yeah. civilian world. At one point, like it was like one of our last missions and it was funny cause it was like, it was kind of given to us as like all seriously. And he's like, all right, it's over these train tracks. You got to go over here. You know, the stuff, the package we got to pick up is in this area. And we got to find when, it. When you heard the package, yeah. like when you heard like, Oh, you got to pick up a package. Yeah. Like what, what initially jumped into your mind? I don't know. I, I wasn't sure what it was. I thought it was maybe medic supplies or something that had to do with the event. What we were, cause we kept doing medic stuff, medical I w- stuff. I was expecting like the heaviest, like, Oh yeah, object that's true. Because we hadn't done the lo- we didn't do the log on this one, and I was wondering. Yeah, I, yeah, I did yeah. wonder is that going to be the log? Yeah. So at one point, and you were the one that found it. You're like looking in the bushes, and you're like, oh, I think I found something. My, there's this little my Irish eyes smiled yeah. upon this object. There was this little paper bag, and we pull it out, and you pull it out and open it up, and there's a bottle of Jameson in it. Yeah. And I was <laughs> I was like so happy in that moment. <laughs> I was just like we had like about two hours to go or something. Yeah. And it was like. You know, I think at that point, everybody was at their lowest. Yeah. I think that was where, at least I, I won't speak for everybody. I remember 
I had hit a wall a little bit earlier and I had been like, damn, yeah. this like, like I, after walking through like the 50th puddle yeah. and like having like, just be, accepting that my socks were never going to dry out. I remember just being like, God, this sucks. <laughs> but, um, but I, I, you know, that, that was definitely a nice little pick me up. Well, it was fun because it was, you know, we did it on St. Patrick's day. It kind of significance the fact that it's St. Patty's day, one year of the podcast kind of all wrapped into one. Sure. But, um, so it's funny, we pulled it out and he took us aside and he kind of told us a little bit of history of St. Patrick and we all passed around the bottle taking swigs, including the cadre, yeah. which was kind of a fun moment. I don't know if that's done often, that kind of thing on a challenge, not, but not in my experience. I mean, yeah. well, like, it, like I said, I've only done lights up until this point yeah. and lights are a little bit more condensed. You do have moments where the cadre bonds with the uh, group yeah, and that's great. Like that's like, that's where they impress upon you either the importance of the date or the importance of, you know, whatever unit they come from, but, uh, or outfit they come from. But, uh, but this, yeah, I mean, you know, it's St. Patrick's day and you know, it's, it's, uh, it's thematic. So why not? <laughs> thematic. It was fun. Yeah. Um, trying to think of what else. Um, I mean, well, like, here's a question. Yeah. When, when would you, when would you say, uh, what was your like, uh, dig deep moment? Like where you had to really, force yourself to be like okay like i'm going through to the end of, of this or like or like you had to you know dig down deep and find something to keep you going i think um probably like you said right after going to those through those puddles mm. and my shoulders were aching from carrying the weight for so long and i was that was when i first started feeling like tired which is funny because i didn't feel sleepy tired the entire time but just like exhausted and realizing that I hadn't slept in my, you know, feeling that zombie state. Um, and I think we had like a quick break, like right before. And then, like you said, it was right before we found the Jameson and stuff. Yeah. And I think at that point I was feeling pretty bad. And there was a time, there was a time too, like, I want to say maybe the last hour where like, I just could not, like, I was so sore. I couldn't raise my, my arms like at all. I couldn't Mm -hmm. raise them. They were just like, noodles beside me and we were passing around the weights and like we needed we're doing one more shift where we're pat where we're because basically you rotate the weights the whole time everybody yeah, team, team weights and, yeah and i thought i'd carried the last weight for the for the whole night and it was like people were clearly getting tired and it was like all right i'm just gonna grab <laughs> this sandbag and just you know if i have to let it hang on my fingertips the last yeah. few miles that's what we'll have to do and i think that was the moment where i just like all right just suck it up and get through it we're almost to the end yeah yeah how did anybody drop out no Mm. we actually it was a it was a 17 people nobody dropped out yeah wow there's one guy i was worried about he started kind of dry heaving and about to throw up and then but that was where i thought i thought we were gonna see some people dropping out was like we we uh, we had we had i think we were coming up from casualty carry on the beach Oh yeah, um, which that was fun. Casualty carry, like we, basically, <laughs> we were divided into Team Alpha and Team Bravo, like two separate teams, and we had to be what maybe be about a football field length apart and then run over to the other side, pick up someone and carry him back to the other side yeah. uh, on the other team. But for some reason, he just counted. Cadre counted everyone one, it two, one, random. two. It yeah. was random. And all the women ended up on one side. There was only like six women out of 17 people. <laughs> I just remember him being like, um, 
So all the girls are over on that side and he's looking at us like, you know, I'm like six, four, 200 and, you know, 40 some pounds. And then like everybody else is like, you know, huge. And he's like, all the women are over on that side. I don't know how this is going to work. You guys figure it out. (laughs) And I just remember I, I, I didn't have a, a, a woman carry me, but this one guy charges up to me out of the darkness and it's kind of scary. You're like, Ugh. like, like, cause it's he like black on the beach. Yeah. He just puts his shoulder into me, lifts me up two steps uh, uh, and like, you know, <laughs> like collapses under me. I don't blame him. I mean, yeah. like I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm huge. Uh, but, uh, he tried again and he was like, what are you like two fifty? I was like, yeah, just about. And like he, uh, but to Plus his credit, the 60 pounds on to weight. His, on yeah. To his credit, he, uh, he ran and got two other guys. And he's, he, uh, like, he didn't like let the defeat get to him. He just thought, and he was like, okay, I'll get some other guys. And three yeah. guys carried me the distance. And then he hopped on my back and I gave him a piggyback ride. Well, two, two girls ran up to me and they go, all right, I guess we're going to do it. The, we're going to do two. And then they started carrying me like four feet and they're like, we, we need two other yeah. people. Yeah. So there's four women carrying me. Well, that was something that I recently, uh, you know, Jocko uh, Willink was doing a podcast about the retreat of the uh, British out of, I don't know if it was Russia, but it was somewhere dealing with Napoleon. No, it wasn't Russia, but like they were retreating from Napoleon and they have huge, like hundred pound packs on and guys just start dropping. Yeah. And there was like, no, there was no credo like we have now where like the Rangers, like say like leave no man behind kind of thing. Yeah. So typically like if a guy drops, it's like, well, sucks to be you. Like yeah. we got to think about the whole unit here. Yeah. See ya. And, um, like he was impressing upon the fact that like people really don't understand certain things like carrying a human being over long distances, especially when you yourself are almost exhausted. So like when it comes to like actually like carrying a wounded person or somebody who's like half dead, it's it, it, there's a lot of different elements that go into that that make it very, very difficult. Yeah. It's not like it is in the movies. No. Because then they got me, they dropped me off at the corner and then like I had to carry someone over because I like, I was the last one. It took them forever to take me across that field. Yeah. Um, And I was like, okay, and I just grabbed uh, Marta, who's like an older woman. Yeah, um, but she's small. But, but she's small, and I just like threw my pack around my stomach, like on the front, and then picked her up and just basically ran across, like yeah. it was no big deal. I got the <laughs> easiest thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I felt so bad because I was like the last person. I was like, all right, I'm just gonna grab someone and go. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't think at I love, first to put it in front of me. At dude, first I tried to get her to go over the backpack and like, that's not going to work. I, I reversed loved, it. I love those beaches at night though. That was like freaking awesome. Like, I, 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 I stood there like as it started to pour, like the rain started to come down and, uh, I just looked out on this like black, black horizon on the ocean, but there's like this halo of just like white clouds above it. Yeah. And it's in the middle of the night and like nobody's there and you just feel like it, it reminded me of the 400 blows, the end of the 400 blows, oh, yeah. which probably a lot of people haven't seen that. It's a French Les artsy movie, uh, freaking, uh, Francois, uh, Truffaut. Truffaut. Yeah. But, uh, but it, just watch the end of that. And it's like, there's like, I, I don't know. I just had like a realization. I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Like, yeah, this is, it this was, is, 
it was super cool. Like even we we did like these recon missions where you have to go down to the beach, see if it's if the gates open, yeah. and then sneak down because we're in residential neighborhoods, like um, trying to go down to the beach to do this stuff. And it's just like raining sideways, but you just look out there and it's like so massive, like just this yeah. abyss. It was really cool. Yeah. But also we got to go through, through like some canyons and stuff too, which was cool. We're out in kind of the woods. Yeah, we with got our some- fair share of uh, of of different environments to, to work in. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what else we should talk about. What, what well, else? Let, you, any questions uh, you have, John, for us? Cause you, you probably curious. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's like, why, why did you do this to yourselves? No, I mean, I, I guess to no, give people, I, I get it. Give I, people I just, some context, like, um, you know, like, 12 it was 10 hours 15 miles yeah um you know and like i said like i expected it to be a lot harder than it was not i'm not bragging when i say that i'm just saying like i for me at the end it was almost like an anti-climax because i was like damn i was expecting to be like half dead you know but um but that being said (laughs) i mean we slept for probably a good like uh Oh, at least 20 hours yeah. after we were done. Like I, 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 I shouldn't have been driving. I should not have been driving <laughs> because like we, we were driving to the hotel and we kept missing exits for one reason or another. Yeah. And uh, I mean, one was actually closed down, but the other I just missed and I started to get like loopy on the freeway. Yeah. Like, and I haven't gotten that way since staying up. Like I did a, 48 hours stretch once for work Wow, where I stayed up for 48 hours and I was driving and I saw like dancing stick figures on the freeway. And that was like, what? that was like, you know, mile marker, no pun intended <laughs> of like, of, of me depriving myself of sleep. And it was stupid. Uh, but yeah. like that happened. And like when I was driving back from the tough, I was like, uh, I was definitely getting there where I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, I have to like slap myself to stay awake here. We got lucky too. Our hotel let us check in at nine a.m. Yeah, yeah. Because like, yeah. originally our 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 idea was, well, it's San Diego. When we're done, we'll just hang out on the beach yeah. and and sleep there until we can check into our hotel. But it was raining and cold. Yeah. So we just on a whim went to the hotel. We're like, well, we can at least go into the hot tub while we wait, or like hang out by the pool. And the woman was like, oh, I don't know. I don't think we could check you in. We've had a full conference yeah. in here. And she goes, let me look at your room numbers. Like, oh, no one was in your room last night. All right, you could go in there right now. And we basically slept wow. until like three, yeah, got we, up like, and we, ate. We passed by the free breakfast, grabbed like whatever cold like items, like muffins and like you know, croissants yeah. and coffee and just like stumbled towards a room. But like, this is like all like reminding me just what a pussy I am. It's <laughs> like, I look at these guys and like, they do this stuff. Like, I think special forces training is, or special forces selection is two weeks. And that, like, ranger training is 60 days. Yeah. And, like, doing this for a day and, like, or not even a day, like 12 hours. And then yeah. coming out and being like, oh, I'm so, like, weak. <sighs> um, You're weak. I just, like, you know, it just, it, it you know, it, it's not like I'm beating myself up. I just want to get tougher. Yeah, I think that's one of the one of the no, advantages so of the whole too. thing. It, 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 it to quote Michael Caine from The Dark Knight, uh, "Know your know your limits, Master Wayne." I have so. no idea what you just said. <laughs> Are you speaking? It's English. It's it's, um, it's 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 Cockney. 
So, um, Michael Caine in uh, Go Ruck, or in in a lot of uh, a lot of anything that's sort of tactical these days, a popular thing are what they call morale patches. For people oh, who yeah. don't know what those are, they're like a two by three inch uh, Velcro patch with some sort of saying or logo or like moniker. Technically, the 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 American flag on uniforms is a morale patch. Yeah, so um, it's about the, that size. And that like, size. And yeah, people will use American flags as morale patches so, some people do like morale patches with sayings and yeah stuff like and that. so um pretty much everyone on their rucksack has one of those they pick one for the event uh what was yours donovan uh i chose uh even though actually i wanted to trade it out for the gentleman scofflaw patch nah. but by the time no by the time we had gotten started i didn't have enough time to reach into my sack and get it but like i had trained <laughs> all throughout with uh <laughs> dig down deep into that sack. Um, no, I, I trained. Deep. I trained all throughout with a uh, embrace the suck patch, which I had ordered early on, and yeah. um, I just kept that. And uh, you know, it's become a bit of a motto, you know. Yeah, and I did too for training. I had one that said there was a good uh, movie reference from uh, Tombstone, and said, "I'm your Huckleberry." It's not movie reference; it's a historical reference. Yeah, but I, I mean, we don't know that that was. Actually said. I like to think Doc Holiday. <laughs> Doc like Holiday said that. We also I like to think so. We too. also don't know if why Wyatt Herb did half the things he said he did. Technically, <laughs> technically, it was a it was a chivalrous thing. Yeah. Is that if a, a woman was insulted back when you were a knight, you'd be like, "I'll be your Huckleberry," because yeah. she should give you. But it's kind of become like come to mean since that movie because at one point some guy is like, I forget what the scene is, but he's like basically challenging everyone yeah. in the town. Anybody want to take me on? Yeah. And Doc Holliday, yeah. as Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday, steps out of the shadows and he says, "I'm your Huckleberry." Yeah. And so that's what it, it's kind of like for me. It's become like what is what, like to just whatever life throws at me, I'm going to take it on. It's kind of like my moniker for this last year. So I, I'm not moniker. What do you, motto? Why do I say moniker? Moniker doesn't make sense. Motto for this last, this last, this new year. So I use that for training. And then I got some gentlemen's scofflaw patches and I was like, well, I'll put this on to promote, promote, the yeah. show, but I was like, "That's kind of stupid. Nobody wants to see a gentleman's cough law logo rocking for you know fifteen uh, miles." Know, I probably want a, something to help them got, out. You know, the skull has a memento mori kind of thing yeah. to it. You know, that's why we remember it. you'll die. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I personally, I I saw a few morale patches. I yeah, really, what were some of your favorite ones? Uh, I remember. I think actually, uh, so there were two that stick out in my mind. Yeah, I think and I know one which of ones. Them, one of them was uh, a really good one that kept me in check throughout the entire thing. I got, I got behind this guy a bunch, and I saw it because the morale patch is stuck on the backpack, so yeah. like you see it as you're moving. And uh, <laughs> this guy's was remember you are not a unique and special snowflake. <laughs> Which is uh, like, well, which is a Fight Club reference, right? Yeah, I think it is. A fight, <laughs> I I actually didn't I didn't take it that way. I just took it as like, um, no, like well, I mean, camp, yeah, the saying, but like, oh yeah, totally. I I just I I'm not as up to my Fight Club uh, references as as most people these days. But um, that sounded really judgmental. As most people, no. <laughs> uh, but uh, that being said, uh, it reminds me of like a Cam Haynes shirt that I saw where it just said. Nobody cares. Work harder. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> and it's like you know when you when you feel like you're like about to cry, you just rem- remember that yeah, nobody cares. 
Yeah, and there's another one that uh, one of the ladies had on that said, "Welcome to Suckville, population you." (laughs) (laughs) That one made me laugh. Like I remember one of my like dig down deep moments was just seeing that. Oh, actually, one of my dig down deep moments was uh, because sometimes the best thing you can do when you're doing these, like when when I was training, one of the best things you can do while you're rucking is just laugh. Yeah, and you look like a crazy person in the middle of West Hollywood, like laughing while like carrying heavy weight on your back and and West Hollywood, you wouldn't be the only crazy person. Yeah. Well, let's, I I should, I should readjust and say the sun, (laughs) the sunset strip. But, uh, but that being said, uh, I, I remember I saw a, um, it was around five o'clock in the morning, right around the time we were ending. And I saw some lady jogging with like a tiny little, kind of camelback on <laughs> and you know just like a tiny little backpack and i just saw this and i was just like oh that's cute no <laughs> that's but cute. not to disparage uh her effort but, but there's at, at that point i'm kind of like uh yeah no i'm, I'm there's there is another morale patch on someone's hat that said um that's a, was it that's a horrible idea what time <laughs> Wait, I didn't see that <laughs> yeah. one. That's what time? Uh, what would you have on your bag, uh, John, when you do the Gorok Challenge with us? What, I'd, I'd what probably patch? have a, a custom gentleman scofflaw patch. You do have one, but if you if you that, had that's to pick what your I would wear. Saying, that's what you wear. You wouldn't have a saying yeah. you want to put on there. What no, do you put so. on your hat then? Because if you wore a How hat, about just do it. Is that taken? No, that's that's actually pretty good. That's a good one. Um, so in terms of, I guess we could talk a little bit about the gear, right? I mean, what worked, what didn't, what would you do differently next time? I mean, honestly, here's the thing about the gear that I have basically come to the conclusion of is that, um, doesn't matter. matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Like I, I like even like the, the, the event that I'm looking at for April 7th is the Bataan death March. And there are like propositions from the, um, cadres for people to like not wear like sandals or or not not wear shoes like wear like either barefoot or um like sandals because those guys like did the entire batan death march in like bare feet or sandals and like i guess it's just a matter of how much you want to suffer i mean at the end of the day like that was really what i came to was like i knew what i needed Mm -hmm. and that was ankle support and um something that was uh uh, like that would drain as far yeah. as feet is concerned. So like I got the boots and then otherwise I would have just gone with tennis shoes. Yeah. And then uh, as far as the pants are concerned, like my pants weren't the most fast drying thing on the world, but you know, I wanted to protect my knees. And, I think uh, the pants dried pretty fast for me. We were both wore the same pants. Not as fast as the, but not as fast as the uh, tough dry stuff from Go Ruck because yeah. my windbreaker would dry and keep out water much better than the pants did. But then the pants are like twenty bucks pants from Costco. Yeah. So, but like, well, like here's the thing: like we've seen um, on the Ruck Dot Beer page, like there's a guy who's kind of legendary in the community for doing it in like a flannel shirt and jeans. Yeah, it's pretty and funny. He's like, like this really <laughs> mild mannered looking guy but the funny looks like he's looks like his first day of school yeah, with yeah, ruck yeah. On. exactly and like the funny thing is is that like when you actually like break it down like um like i've said this story a million times but i'll say it again like the seals like seal team one used to wear like levi 501s yeah and like jungle shirts 
And it was all because it just suited their needs. And like, I mean, Levi 501s don't dry all that fast, but they're no. tough. Like yeah. they hold together. They're raw, so, they're raw denim, basically. Yeah, exactly. So like, so those guys, like they, they did what they needed to and they got through. Um, and like you can, you can obsess and you can obsess over gear or you can just suck it up, uh, get to a place where you feel somewhat comfortable yeah. and just ad- admit to yourself that there's going to be a little bit of chafe. There's going to be, you know, uh, the some sand is what some around wet. my collar was the worst thing. Other than that, the sand wasn't an issue for me. Yeah. That's why, I mean, I guess like one thing that I would say is like a lesson that I took early on when I was putting together my gear was that like, don't wear compression wear Yeah, because like if you wear a compression shirt, most likely you're going to get in the water. Sand is going to get in and it's just going to stick there and it's yeah. going to chafe. But, um, but even if that happens, it's like, just suffer through it. Like yeah. that'll just be a badge of honor. It's not going to kill you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as far as all that's concerned, like I have, yeah, that's like, and like one guy that we were doing it with, he was wearing a wool, uh, button up shirt yeah, and it seemed fine. to work fine for him in the rain, yeah. you know, like kept him warm and, and dry. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, I think, uh, people can get all nerdy about their gear when it's like no you just need to make sure that you're fit and ready yeah yeah that's what i i think too i mean i was worried about dialing things down like what if this rips and what if i'm you know i'm walking for 12 right, hours right, with right. a ripped crotch or you know all that stuff but then you're like when you're in it you're like oh, if you've gone, well if you've gone commando and that's happened then you may be in trouble <laughs> like i remember once um i was out climbing uh in joshua tree national park it was like one of the first, like, it was like the first and only time I've climbed. Like, this is like, I'm, I'm making it out to be like, I'm like some mountaineer, but in reality, I was just really stupid. But, um, I, I was wearing jeans that didn't quite fit super well. No. And I remember, um, I had given a split second thought to going commando that day. Yeah. And f- by some grace of God, I had put on underwear <sighs> And I'm climbing this rock and I'm having a really, really hard time of it. And these jeans are super stiff. And like I said, they don't fit very well because maybe I gained a few pounds. And at one point I just, I, I, I push myself and I lift my leg as like far as it go just to get a a hold on this rock. And I just hear like, and like the, the entire, uh, the jeans from the zipper down to like, down the crotch to the knee had ripped out and it was, and there were women there and it would have been pretty bad if I had gone full on commando. Depending on how you look at it. Could have gone either way. You know, just, just embrace the caveman. Just been peacocking at that point. (laughs) But anyways, uh, that being said, uh, (laughs) yeah, that's one thing that you have to take into account. Maybe when you're, when you're looking at your undergarments for the go rock is like, Hey, will these pants actually hold up? And that's why I wore Ranger panties under my, uh, my, yeah, my my pants. I probably should have worn Ranger panties too underneath. I just wore like like they make changing pretty easy. I mean, like I changed in the parking lot, and I was like, "Yeah, this will look like I'm wearing underwear," but I know Plus I'm not wearing so underwear. Plus, they're so light to throw like an extra pair in a bag, or like I remember like listening to something Jason from Gorok was saying. Like he keeps them in his dop all the time. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, because they f- roll up and you could throw them in there and always well, have an extra pair. I remember laughing two. at what he said. Is basically he was like, he was like, there's like two ways to sleep. You either sleep in ranger panties or you sleep naked. Yeah. And like now I sleep in ranger panties. 
I mean, sometimes I sleep naked, but you know. I pretty much always sleep naked. Um, but, <laughs> um, Welcome back to what about your food? Tips. How did you did you find what you thought worked? Did it help you out? Did you not eat as much? Did you eat as much as you hoped? Didn't eat as much as I thought I would, mm-hmm. um, but I had already like downsized from the from what I thought. Like I I basically uh, like took that attitude of like it's only twelve hours um, and I don't want to overeat, so I'll just underpack. Yeah. And uh, but the thing is, is that you do need food on the go ruck yeah. challenge. And I mean, water, like you can obviously. make it without. Yeah. Oh yeah, water for sure. But like, uh, you can make it without. But I I went through a couple of energy bars like i i got kind bars and i I, those were pretty good to me they were they were kind to me um up until a point where like they started to not not agree with me and then lara bars which were also like organic but then they like didn't agree with me on like a 14 mile rock really so then i then i went with rx bars which i would highly recommend they're like i think one of their like it's like you know whatever they they list the ingredients on the front of the thing, which is like rare. I so I went with the um Bear Valley pemmican bars. They're like a, it's a mouthful. I know, yeah. They're like like whole protein bars or whatever. No pun intended. But they <laughs> were good though. That. They were like the only thing is you needed water to eat them because they're you know they're kind of mealy. But yeah, they were good the and they bars. filled me up. And then I just pretty much like every couple of hours I had some of those. Uh, jelly beans, the rehydrate, was it the electrolyte mm-hmm. and caffeine? Jelly, jelly Belly makes a good, uh, they call them sport beans. Yeah. And there's actually, there's two types. There's a regular sport beans and then there's extreme sport beans, which is the ones that we had. And those have caffeine in them. Yeah. And those definitely helped me. Like I remember, I, I think I brought three packs along. I ate one before to get me, you know, hyped. And then I ate one like in the middle and then I had one for like close to the end. Yeah. And I think they helped me. I mean, there's like, it's not like a caffeine pill, but like, I think it'll give you a little bit of a boost. Yeah. I enjoyed them. They were a nice little pick me up. Um, What was your, what was your like comfort food that you brought? I mean, I think that was pretty much it. Like anytime I had food, it was comforting to me. (laughs) I had, I had trail mix, which is good, but it was too hard to access yeah along the way so i think in the future i might bring something like uh like a candy bar or something that's a little bit more i think i might yeah i think accessible. i might just put all my my food in the in the side in my pants pocket or something next yeah. time so because yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not at least with this event least, you're not allowed least, to drop your ruck at any point so if you're gonna get to your bag i would say kind of a pain. i would say either put the food in the outside pocket of your ruck yeah. or put like one one phase of it one wave of it in your in your pants pocket yeah because at one point you're just too tired to even mess with the bag if you can't put it down you're just like yeah i'll sleep it on my back i i also (laughs) had i i also had salt caps uh which are electrolyte um things and i i you know i can't tell a huge difference but i've been taking those actually on a daily basis just to like help with hydration and stuff or whatever electrolytes i don't even know how that works it's got electrolytes supposedly it's better for you or for, well depending on who you are and and what your system runs like it can be better for you than the dissolvable should, stuff that goes try in. that next time i put the dissolvable stuff in my nalgene and i didn't drink from it the entire time well, see that's why i i didn't i didn't have anything in my nalgene my yeah. nalgene was basically a backup for if my yeah. water bladder i should have treated it that way too because yeah. it's like an extra four 
five pounds of water you put in there. So I don't know if it's five. Is it really five pounds? Well, a, a liter of water is like three, four pounds, I guess. You yeah, add the right. plastic. Maybe it's another pound. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Let's get the scientists on the phone for that one. <laughs> all righty. Well, I think that's all that we could think of. Um. I mean, overall, it was a good experience. I learned that I could push awesome. myself yeah. further than I thought, and uh, we're gonna do it again for sure in July, July twenty first here in Los Angeles. For anyone who wants to join operation. us, operation. Speaking of Lone Survivor, we're gonna do the Operation Red Wings yeah. one, which is to commemorate the uh, the guys on that mission. Who it wasn't just that team; it was an entire. Chinook of seals went down on that mission, yeah. which is just like, wow, anyways, crazy, sucks. Um, and John's gonna join us, right, John? I'll do my best. You got four months to prepare, dude. dude it's the best. <laughs> I I was driving up here and I saw a dad and his chubby kid uh, jogging, and the dad looked like a typical jogger who had basically in, like said like, "Oh, come on, like jog with me, and we'll lose some weight." And uh, <laughs> and the kid just looked miserable, and I just thought, like, you know what? You should just be rucking. <laughs> like, dude, just ruck. Like, yeah. that's the best way, like, to like to get in shape and to get uh to get ready for this thing. Yeah. So grab a ruck. Grab do one. It. Go get one of Marshalls if you can't get a go ruck. Although, don't beat yourself up because I know your hours are long, and I know it's tough. Like, I got into this when I was like semi unemployed, so, <laughs> so I had time to to get a hobby, but. Start small and build from there. That's, like that's my you advice. If you do 30 minutes a day for four months, you could build up. For I don't it. know, man. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. Like, I, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> let's go with that. Uh-huh. So anyone who wants to join us, we'll put a link in the show notes. You could uh, go ahead and uh, sign up and let us know if you're coming so we can get a head count. Don't, don't psych yourself out. Just, just. Like to quote Jason when he talked to me, he said, "He said, dude, get your balls out and just do it." <laughs> uh, any uh, John, do you have any any more thoughts on the whole uh, go ruck thing uh, as an outsider that hasn't done it? Does it hurt? Does it hurt? It does. It it, it hurts a little bit. It hurts sometimes. It's the good kind of hurt. Yeah, absolutely. It's the kind of hurt at the end of the day. Let, let's put it this way: I, like I said, I quit. A go ruck light um, was one of my lowest points in life when I did that. And thinking about that compared to what it felt like to get the go ruck tough patch, it's good. That's right. It's you good. get the patch at the end. We forgot to talk about that. That's the. Let's not talk about that. Let's leave thing. that up to All the. Right. Let's let's leave that to the. But that's listeners what, that's, that's the that's the end uh, the end of the game. Yeah. I guess is that you get that at the end, which is you do a lot to earn that. Which people that don't know it, they just see a patch on your bag like go rock tough. What does that mean? People who know, like they know. Yeah, you earn it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. dude. One of these days, I hope I can do a heavy. That'd be fun to no, do. I, I'd like I, to do that I'd one of these days. I'd actually like to do some of their wilderness stuff too. They've got the yeah, yeah, the wilderness the, the, stuff or the constellation cool. stuff. Yeah. That'd be fun to do. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back to close out the show. Hey, this part of the show is brought to you by Phoenix Shaving. If you like to shave and you are a man or a woman i mean some some women are hairy that's all right that's okay no judgment but if you uh you're a guy that likes to shave and appreciates the finer things in life go to gentlemanscofflaw.com slash shave 
Um, that link helps support the show. And you could check out some of Douglas Smythe's amazing shaving soaps, aftershave colognes. You'll be blown away at all the stuff he has. Sense for days. He is like the Walter White of artisan soap making. He's got this lab basically there in, in Phoenix, Arizona where he uh, creates his soaps and, and he cures them. It's an independent business. You're not giving your money to all those guys that are ripping everybody off with razors. Right now you can get some wet shaving starter packs. So it has everything you need to get started wet shaving. You know, you can get a sets that have the safety razor, the brush, the soap, the aftershave. Tons of great scents to pick from. I've mentioned before, one of my favorites is Tombstone. Also, they have Sundown, which is like a classic barbershop scent. Um, they've got uh, Cavendish, which smells like, like pipe tobacco, which is amazing. I tell you, I've been using this stuff, and I don't get any razor burn or razor bumps anymore this stuff is amazing especially the aftershave it just removes all irritation bumps redness it's like i've never looked so dapper in my life and that's thanks to phoenix shaving so go to gentlemanscofflaw.com slash shave and stop being a slave to the cartridge razor shave all right, um, kind of an unusual episode this this week because we interviewed ourselves, sort of. But uh, we took a vacation. Took a, and we took a vacation. Ourselves. Again, you can always go back, listen to the backlog of stuff. All you know, we got you know years worth of episodes. Uh, if you've missed them, go back and check them out. Um, John, if people want to support the show, how can they do that? Well, we've got our merch page. We've got the Patreon. Uh, those are two great options. Those are two great options. You can also go to uh, com slash shave to get some awesome products from Phoenix Shaving. Um, we got some giveaways coming up from them, so keep an eye out for that on our social media. And also, they've got some just some great products there. What's your favorite, uh, what's your favorite uh, product of theirs, John? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I got a bunch of samples of different aftershaves. Yeah. And... I got to say some of my favorites are, shoot, <laughs> I have to write it down because there's Apparently so many different didn't names. didn't leave enough of an impression <laughs> on the Give nasal passage. Uh, my top five are Cold Spices, Speakeasy, Cold Tombstone, Red Planet, and Atomic Bay Rum. Oh, those are good. I got the Atomic Bay Rum. Um, I've been using their pomade, their classic pomade. It's an Atomic Bay Rum. And I've also been using their uh, beard oil because, as you know, I've had a beard for the last few months. I don't know how long Mm -hmm. I want to keep it, but I've been using their beard oil. And their little, uh, they got some uh, Dapper Dapper Doc's uh, mustache wax so I could tame the flyaways on my mustache and whiskers. So uh, they've got everything. If you shave... Or if you have a beard, or if you don't shave and you have hair, sure, you can get something from Phoenix or Shaving. If you, or if you, or if you even don't have hair, you can use it as aftershave. It's true. You just could like just, you can use it as cologne. Yeah, I use my Tombstone mm-hmm. aftershave as cologne if on the days I don't shave. If you're a hairless cat, you can bathe in this stuff. It's <laughs> um, what do we got in the merch shop there, Johnny? Uh, we've got fuck. <laughs> I mean, I, Johnny stretched a little thin today. <laughs> He's a working I'm man sorry. now. He's You're a working man in Texas. You got some editing to do. Uh, we don't Come edit on. on this show. The viewers we don't know this. Edit on the show. You got to know this stuff, Johnny boy. 
I'm just I kidding. Know. I didn't. I just teed you up without warning you. Yeah, let's give Johnny another seizure just for our entertainment. Seizure, <laughs> dude. I felt so bad after that happened that one time because my little brother <laughs> gets those, and I know, like, I know it's like not. It's not fun. Did you get let's a seizure on the show once? I don't remember this. Oh yeah, he totally got a seizure on the show. He he basically like paused and he was like, "Let's go look some." merchandise yeah yeah that's a seizure <laughs> yeah that was bad and we basically just said okay man like let's like get you to bed we'll, we'll finish this off I forgot about the that. thing is lack of sleep according to my doctor is the number one oh for sure trigger for seizures that makes so, so maybe you'll do a go rock light instead of a go rock uh tough hell i mean by july 21st we may as well do a light and a tough together yeah yeah, sure. I could go for the go rock tough, have a seizure, and not remember it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after but actual you, reports I mean, a little could, fuzzy. You could do four months, and 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 four months gives you enough time to train. It's all on the weekend, so we could just plan. To, you know, well, you a, should a be weekend. careful. You should be careful with the training, though, just to make sure that it doesn't like accelerate your condition. I mean, I don't know what your what your deal is with the seizures, but I know my little brother has trouble you, with that stuff. You know what I'll do, John? I'll give you our, um, Lacey just got a, a beachbody.com membership and there's a program I'm starting on Monday, which is just 22 minutes and it's all based on Navy SEAL uh, PT training. So you just basically open up the app and you go to the calendar, whatever the workout is for that day, you hit play and you just follow along with it for 22 minutes. And most of it is just push-ups and sit-ups and flutter kicks and that kind of stuff. But uh, you don't really have to think a, about it. I got I got a skipping rope. There you go. That works. So Rocky sounds stupid, but I find that it's a very effective to get your heart rate up. Definitely quick and quickly, and you could do it stationary, which is helpful. This is cool. Yeah. Um. Okay. Merch shop. All right. Ready. All right. So, what do we got in the the merch shop there, John? For people that want to support the show. I think my two favorite options are the T-shirt and the drinking glasses because they both look great. Uh, we've also got flasks and mugs and stickers and little uh, keepsake boxes. You, you know, you just a little the sky's the limit. You can put your stuff in there. Yeah, you put your cigars in there. Maybe uh, mm. take them. Take them and, over. Uh, it's not a humidor. I know, but you could you could take your cigar stuff to like a pipe club or a cigar party, right? You just that throw is it true. in there. Um, yeah, and if you want to support the show, you can support us on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/JenScofflaw. And uh, we're posting some bonus stuff there um, for people that are patrons. You could just join for as little as a dollar an episode and get all the cool extras. Uh, so check that out. All right. Uh, Johnny Boy, you are a gentleman in a scofflaw, my friend. You too as well. Donovan, you are a gentleman in a scofflaw, my friend. Yeah, boy. You guys have a great week. This has been the Gentleman Scofflaw Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Visit us on the interwebs at gentlemanscofflaw.com. Captain says, his ice on the river. We ain't getting home if we don't break through. So damn cold, I can't help but shiver. Rise and shine, we got work to do. Hey!